Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Lombardi Line, as we welcome you back here on a Friday, hope you're having a nice week as we head into a big football weekend, of course. Last night, the Titans continue their dominance. I mean, it's been after an 0 2 start, an awesome performance in Green Bay last night, obviously catching. The three and a half. Rabel, a great job as we welcome you back. He's Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi Line. I'm Patrick Maher. We now bring in the Hall of Famer from behind the book there at the South Point. We can ask you about Thursday night, but I think we should start with something technical. And this is very important for new betters and betters alike. We have to figure out how you're handling this Cleveland-Buffalo situation behind the book there at the South Point. Hi, Vinny. Hey, guys. Good to be with you. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much... uh... A topic uh, of uh, conversation uh, in the last few days, what happens with the relocation uh, uh, of the uh, the Browns-Bills game. Uh, real simple here. Uh, this is a refund, and it's uh, a reset up. So uh, we refund the game uh, because of a site change, and uh, it's, uh, that's in our house rules. And uh, reset the game up. And by the way, uh, actually uh, set it back up. Uh, pretty close to where it was. Uh, the number was uh, originally opened at eight and a half. It was sitting at eight, seven and a half. Now the biggest adjustment, though, was obviously to the total, which was being bet under, uh, and now um, you know uh, under forty-seven, given the uh, the weather circumstances that were forecast, and uh, now the uh, the total sits at uh, forty-nine and a half. So indoor game, but you want to pay attention to uh, to house rules and how books. Handle because not everybody handles things the same way. But uh, here uh, at South Point and our 
sister properties, uh, the Rampart, uh, Virgin River, and Casablanca. Those are uh, originally the original bets are refunded, and then uh, a new betting, uh, a new uh, game is set up. Is that pretty much common? You've been in the industry forever. Are other shops handling this differently? Uh, yeah, some some places, I, you know, from what I've seen on uh, mainly social media, but pretty much here in Las Vegas, it's pretty standard, guys, uh, that if there is a location change, uh, if there's a date change, uh, typically it's refunded, unless otherwise stipulated. Uh, in, this, in this case, it was not stipulated. So uh, we do have uh, a situation here where it, this one's a pretty standard uh, house rule here in the state of Nevada. Gotcha. Uh, Vinny, so when you reposted, did you see any change in the action? Like, is there a way for the better at home to detect where they think that because it's going to be played on turf, because it's not going to be bad weather, because it's going to be perfect conditions, there'll be no real home field advantage. Is this number kind of gone a different way or people betting it differently than the original game? Yeah, good question, Michael. Again, the biggest adjustment was to the total. Obviously, weather won't be a factor for the total, so we uh, we posted a higher total. Uh, and I think you're going to see some, uh, you know, more, more folks in, inclined to bet the over. Uh, but without the Bills being home, I mean, listen, uh, playing in that weather in in Orchard Park, uh, I think was a, a, a an advantage, right? That's a that's a home field advantage. Uh, 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 to the Bills, although the Browns are, are not uh, no strangers not Cooper. To, to that kind of Am- weather. Amari, Amari Cooper celebrated that. Trust me on that. Amari yeah. <laughs> Cooper was delighted that that didn't happen. So, um, but I think, you know, you'll see more. There's so far more two-way action. Uh, initially, uh, you know, points being a premium in bad weather because, you know, it's not just the snow, but it's probably wind that was, uh, was going to be involved too, and the wind direction changes quite a bit. So uh, even though it was a home field advantage to the Bills, uh, I think the weather factor certainly uh, gave folks uh, the uh, the inclination to take as many points as possible. And so they were, you know, you got to remember on Monday we opened this game nine and a half, and uh, it went down to eight. So uh, when when that when that early forecast came through, it was okay. You know what? Points are going to be a premium in this game. Let's grab them. So we moved it very quickly on the early action. But again, now two way action. So uh, that's the, the biggest change. Just as an aside for both of you, what do you think of snow games? Michael, do you prefer the controlled element or do you like when you get a crazy snow game in November or December? I, I like it because it's part of the, it's part of the job of the team to build a team around the weather, right? So, you know, and I think it's one of the reasons why Peyton Manning only won one Super Bowl. I think he should have been to way more, but they built the team around a perfect condition of the dome. And when they had to go to New England and play in inclement weather, their team wasn't good enough. They weren't big enough or physical enough defensively to offset it. So I think it's part, it's like no different than being a general manager in baseball. Your stadium dictates your farm system, your stadium dictates what you build. If you're in Cleveland, you better be a physical, big team who can control the middle of the field. If you're in Buffalo, you must do that as well. Now, Buffalo has been very good at being able to handle the elements and still being in the in the K-gun and this offense here. But you've got to be able to be big and physical. So when you play on the road or you go indoors, you're not slow and you're not a handicap. So I think it's ideal. I think it's part of the, the lore of what makes football so great. Vinny, you grew up in Brooklyn. Then you move to Vegas, so you have a kind of a 
a perspective of both. You had snow, now you don't. Which do you prefer? Do you like watching those games in the snow? Uh, I'd rather book the games in the snow than playing them. That's for sure. So uh, <laughs> the weather didn't uh, didn't impact my uh, my activity <laughs> in the early part of my career. Now I think I think uh, to Michael's points. You want to pay attention to look. It, let's say there's a home team. There, I mean, in the in in the case of this type of weather, right? Um, in in especially if you look at the last uh, decade and, and and you know under the the Brady era in New England, right? The Patriots had a, a significant advantage. Now the the point spreads were not as high. You're not going to have as high a point spread if you've got you know three to five feet of snow coming in uh, and and wind. But those teams have an advantage because a first of all they're they're home they're they're used to it they're a lot more used to it and it's kind of a payback right when the Patriots and the Bills have to go to South Beach in early September and there's that humidity we oftentimes talk about well we're forgetting about that right now and that's the exact reverse so while the point spreads can be a bit more condensed because of weather, there's still a home field advantage to those teams, the Buffaloes uh, and the New Englands uh, at this time of year. So uh, something that we've, uh, we've really learned to take into consideration. And again, uh, you know, a, a couple of a few decades ago, those were, those were some, uh, some painful, painful lessons uh, that, uh, that we learned. But we did learn. I guess I, I should say the, the other two games this weekend, it's not going to be, you know, really all that bad. Carolina and Baltimore, Michael and Vinny, breezy, especially early, sustained mm-hmm. winds around 15 miles an hour. Of course, Baker in under center for Carolina. Detroit at the Giants, going to be similar weather to Baltimore. But outside of that, Michael, it's not going to be crazy inclement across the league this Sunday. Yeah, but it is going to be cold, and that wind does make it colder than the temperature, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it does. It makes the ball harder to kick. It makes field position difference because you know we always talk about wind as it affects the quarterback passing, but it affects the punters as much as anybody too. How they handle it, how they you know how they drop yeah. the ball, you know, field position as it comes into it. So I, I think it's really, uh, really about. You know, it affects the game overall and how you deal with it, how you get outside and play in it. You know, are you able to handle the elements? Are you kind of, are you got too many guys near the heater? I thought the one thing that they said on the broadcast last night about how, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill made the entire team after they scored get over to the side, get away from the heaters and show we're supporting this team on, on the kickoff coverage. I, I think that's, those are little things that are important. Yeah, I, I want to just interject, Patrick. I think Michael hits on a key point because wind sometimes is much more of a factor, right? So New England is supposed to be sunny, but I think there's going to be you know wind. Seventeen miles you know, an in, in, Yeah, I mean, so if you've got you know that that's a bigger factor. I mean, you look at last night's game; it was cold. It wasn't the you know a blizzard by any means, but cold and snow. We've seen games in the snow where you know in in Denver, for instance, or in Green Bay, where. There's a ton of points scored because it wasn't maybe as, as windy, but the wind seems to have more of a fact. We saw a game last night. The game went over, you know, let's face it. I mean, it was freezing cold there, uh, but that game wound up going over the total uh, of 42. And, uh, you know, don't forget that, that that game last night got bet down uh, uh, from 42 to 40. So, um, again, uh, sometimes it's not so much the snow, uh, but uh, if, if it's combined with wind, uh, then that's uh, that's where your uh, your total is going to have to be significantly adjusted. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that game to me, the over of that game really came down to Ryan Tannehill, who had, a, who had the best game of his year. Overthrowing for th- I mean, nobody would have ever predicted that 300-yard passing day by the Titans. I mean, it just was – I didn't see it coming. You know, and credit to Tennessee for using their running game to allow their passing game to be so successful. Okay, just quickly, I, we said it earlier. I just want to reiterate: we don't have a timetable for travel for the Bills. They lost a practice day yesterday. This is just for betters, just to give you the information. They're on Zoom again today. McDermott has already ruled out uh, Tre'Davious White, Tremaine Edmonds, and Greg Rousseau, the defenders. Michael mentioned potentially a flu going through the locker room. There's a lot stacking up against the Bills uh, right now. So just wanted to get that in there. Um, Vinny, one thing that I want to come back and discuss with you is I have very casual, you know, just friends in Michigan that some of them bet and some of them don't. But I even heard from, you know, very casual betting uh, bettors in Michigan yesterday asking me about the Minnesota-Dallas line. Okay? So when we come back, let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. Dallas is laying a point, point and a half at minnesota and I even had casual better say, what's up with this number? So we'll get to that coming back with Vinny. Also, can you just answer in 30 seconds who'd they take last night on Thursday night? Did they take the Packers? We needed the uh, Titans, and we needed the over last night. Uh, they did bet the Packers so last night. Uh, uh, hot dogs yeah, on everybody. Heart, I know. Hot dogs yeah. on the house hot, today. Hot, hot dogs. dogs on the house. Let's uh, do dogs. it. No, that man, I know him. He's got deep pockets and short arms. He's not getting anybody a hot dog. Hot he keeps dogs all on the money. house. I demand it. <laughs> look, at, look at Vinny. Vinny's in a mood today. We come back with the Hall of Famer next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the king of sportsbooks, of course, it's BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app, which has been reconfigured. If you're in town there in Vegas, stop by any MGM property with your Nevada ID, and you're ready to bet within minutes. you got to be 21 years or older. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. We're back. Lombardi Line. I just want to clarify my reporting. The Bills were able to practice yesterday. They're going to lose a practice day today over Zoom. Just wanted to make sure I clarified as we get you back here. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. At the South Point, it's the Hall of Famer from behind the book, Vinny Maliulo. Um, so just to reiterate, you, you got the Titans. You cashed with the over yesterday. Congratulations. Now let's get to the game that is, it's kind of a tricky number, right? Dallas, we understand that's a publicly bet team. At Minnesota, Late window mm-hmm. coming up this Sunday. I've got Dallas laying a point and a half. That seems to be right. a, a bit of a confusing number for many. I think a lot of people are surprised, uh, frankly, yeah, that uh, how come the Vikings are not favored? They're home. Uh, they've only got one loss. Uh, the, the, uh, the Cowboys have really been inconsistent, particularly in the last few weeks. So why, uh, why this number? Well, the number's been dictated by the betters. Uh, we open this game pick them. And they laid pick them. They laid one, and we're up to one and a half. So uh, right now, I think you know. Now, if you look at, for instance, my power ratings, I've still got the Cowboys uh, two points, or one and a half to two points, uh, rated higher than the Vikings. But okay, so you say, okay, well, if that's the case, then you know, why, why, what about the home field? Well, we did take that into consideration, which is why we opened the game pick them again. Uh, home field advantage 
eight years ago used to be the school the school of thought was in 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 the NFL it's a field goal that's not the case Vikings do have a good home field uh, is it three points obviously not the case here again open the game pick them and uh, we let the the money decide the betters decide and uh, they've uh, they've gone with the Cowboys now I suspect as we get closer to Sunday and kickoff. What will uh, impact this number will obviously be additional bet, bets coming in, but also what's the uh, carryover to this game? It is a, uh, an afternoon game, as you mentioned, Patrick. So what's going to you know what's going to impact it? You know, uh, are there more multi-leg bets going to the Cowboys? More parlays going to the Cowboys? Are there more teasers going uh, to the Cowboys, or vice versa? I think there'll be two-way action on this game in, in terms of of betting interest, and anybody looking now. Uh, to bet the the Vikings, they're going to look and say, "Wow, I really like the Vikings." I think if this game, if this trend continues and the number goes up, then I'm going to wait and I'm going to try to get as many points as possible. Don't be shocked if this game comes back down uh, because of uh, of late Viking money. So either way, uh, right now at the one and a half, it's uh, it's pretty much two way. But again, from Pickham, laid pick, laid one, and uh, now we're at one and a half. You know, and then when you look, Vinny, that when I look at my board, and obviously each shop is different, right? So when I look at my board, twenty-seven percent of the money that's been taken in is on Minnesota. And you say, well, nobody's betting Minnesota. Well, when you're in that gray area where the money line may be more profitable, maybe you take the money line, right? So you go over and take mm-hmm. the money line. And so then I look at the money line money, and Minnesota only has twenty percent of the money line money. So it's kind of interesting, right? So I, I like to correlate the money line and and the percentage of bets that are being played on it because sometimes they don't always go hand in hand. Well, if you here, that's that's a, a, a good point, Mike. Listen, here's the thing: if you like the Vikings in this game, then you think they're going to win the game, right? I mean, it's only right. a one and a half point spread. So if you like the Vikings in this game, then you're going to instead of laying. A dollar ten, and you know, taking a point and a half, just take plus one hundred five, take one hundred seven, take 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 the plus price with uh, you know with the with the Vikings, and <clears throat> if you shop around, you should be able to get plus a nickel on the game. So instead of laying a price, okay, laying laying ten cents, you're going to take a nickel, maybe more, depending on how it goes. But if you like the Vikings in this game, you like them to win the game when it's a game that's basically a pick 'em. It's this close, and you like a side, you like that side to win the game. And if it's the dog, then take the price on the money line. I like the way you laid that out because part of the text I got yesterday was, what are the bookmakers thinking in Minnesota? I was like, the market, the bookmakers will set a number, and they let the market do what they want with the number. That's the most important part here. The market dictates where this ends up. Yeah, no, no question about it. Again, we were looking at it too and said, you know, even double checked. I said, hey, listen, you know, of course, the Cowboys, they blew the lead last week. They lost at, uh, uh, at Green Bay. The fact of the matter is, the Cowboys are still a team that can score points, right? And when you look at the Vikings, who I give full, full marks to, it's the exact opposite this year for the Vikings compared to a year ago, where in one score games, they were losing those games. Well, they're winning these, those, those games this year. They're playing, they're playing very well. They helped themselves with Hawkinson, right? So, um, look, they're home. We, we, we positioned it. We looked at the power ratings. We looked at the, uh, at the home team here, uh, Cowboys traveling again and, and, 
when we put it up, pick them. The betters have uh, have spoken so far. They'll continue to speak, and that's you know they may speak uh, in concert with each other, both sides, uh, where we'll get two-way action, or you may see a big move uh, on the dog here. But I can tell you this: if if you're interested in the Vikings, take the price because you think they're going to win the game. That's right. I, I agree. When you get down there to that one point, I mean, how many, it's, it's you know, we know we have some one-point games that does happen, but, you know, I, I think you've got to do that. So let me ask you about another game, Chicago-Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, Atlanta, it looks like they're the favorite. A lot of people probably wondering how can they be the favorite, but it seems like that line's going to come down to two and a half. What's your read on that? Um, two-way action, Michael, right now. Uh, games, uh, games are three. Uh, the Falcons are a three here. And two-way action on it now. Who knows? I mean, and again, we'll move the money. It, it depends. You know, if it if they're taking the three, we'll go to two and a half. If they're laying it, we'll go to three and a half. If they go to th- if it goes to three and a half, it's definitely a take on the Bears. We'll see Bears money at that. So we know that for for a fact in a game uh, with with like this, with just a field goal. Um, but again, the belief is too. You know, we did see the uh, uh, you, you know the Bears. They had a they had a double digit fourth quarter lead with the with the ball, and and they they couldn't sustain it. Uh, one thing we've learned about the Falcons is they continue to fight. They play hard. Uh, I mean, these are all pros. They all play hard for the most part. But by the same token, uh, you know, the overachieving element, uh, uh, particularly uh, by the Falcons this year, I think has caught some uh, some betters' attention. And uh, that's uh, that's the uh, uh, how we arrived at this number. And again, so far. Uh, two-way action. If it bounces, if it goes to two and a half, they'll lay it. Uh, and if it goes to three and a half, they'll take it. Another dubious number I think casual bettors may look at Washington at Houston and say, wait, Washington just beat Philly. They're only laying three against a Houston team that's given up, what, 180 on the ground? They can't run the football. Washington's defense is playing great. But it's a bit of a weird spot. It's a tricky spot for Washington here, Vinny. Yeah, it is, and uh, I mean, I think they've responded uh, quite well to Taylor Heineke, and I think uh, that there's just a, 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 frankly, more confidence, uh, you know, from the the body language. If you if you look at this team, yeah, uh, the vibe is much more support for Heineke uh, than for Wentz. Um, we did open this game two and a half, uh, uh, you know, with the uh, the Commanders uh, favored, but they did lay it, and uh, so uh, they laid the two and a half, and that's how we sit at three right now. You know, you've got several threes on the board this week, guys, and I think, you know, for, uh, in some cases, it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. Uh, but when you look at, uh, you know, uh, at these teams, uh, both teams play hard. They both play hard for, for their coaches. Uh, and, you know, Washington's had a, a, a bit more success, and obviously we saw that uh, firsthand on Monday night. So uh, a short week, too, I think, impacted that, uh, that number. So uh, uh, travel, again, uh, this week, and again, travels a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, uh, dif- difficult this week as we get into the, uh, into, you know, with with bad weather. So teams' travel plans probably have to shift a bit. It's not just about if the weather is bad where they're where they're playing, or if, even if it's good where they're playing. Getting there could be a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, a, an adjustment. So I think, uh, but again, short week here, uh, open two and a half. They did lay it, and that's how we got to three. Your power rankings got a minute and a half college football. What say you behind the book as far as maybe your top five here, Vinny? College football playoff rankings. Um, the the top the top. Uh, I, I mean, Georgia. The bottom line is Patrick Georgia and Ohio State. 
they're they're at the top. Uh, you know, and, and you know, if you put them on a neutral field, probably a pick them. Uh, if one team's a favorite by uh, by one point, it's you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be right there. Alabama is still the number three power rated team in wow. my rankings and in talking to some of my uh, my colleagues. Now it's narrowed to say Tennessee and Michigan. Uh, which are a couple of points behind. Uh, but those top five right now, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, uh, Tennessee, or Michigan, uh, probably Michigan and then Tennessee. And um, TCU still a bit on the outside looking in, but uh, if they run the table, they should be in good shape. Big one. To this, I mean, this Baylor game will be a tough one. There's huge. no doubt. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. they play, they've run the gauntlet. they played huge game week after week, TCU. Pretty impressive. Vinny, who's better than you? Nobody. Thank you. You guys. Very much. Hall of Famer, Vinny Meliulo. He he texted me, make sure you say Hall of Famer on the way out. That's why I said yeah. that. No, <laughs> Vinny's too humble for that. He's too <laughs> humble. Amal Shaw, contest. He's in it. Where he's next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the World Cup gets going on Sunday. You want the best coverage in the industry? Our next guest, Amal Shaw and I, we put together a video. You can find it at vsin.com, a betting preview, but also the World Cup betting guide is amazing. In-depth analysis on all eight groups, best bets, picks, predictions, an introduction to soccer betting if you're new to it. Remember, it's a month-long event, the biggest event in the world. The World Cup starts this Sunday. You got Mike Palm talking about in-game betting. You got Nigel Seeley, nobody sharper than him. Make sure you download the World Cup betting guide over at vsin.com as we welcome you back. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher in Los Angeles. We now go back to the South Point and bring in, of course, one half of Big Bets. It's my guy, Amal Shaw. I... I will say we can embarrass them all to start the program here and start the segment here, uh, Michael Lombardi. Amal, you haven't really discussed it much. I know you talked about it a bit on Big Bets, but you're killing it in the circuit contest. Would you like to elaborate, my friend? Not really. Well, okay, then, <laughs> well, I, then I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I'm going to force you to elaborate. Let's drop the humility. How are we doing in the contest? First of all, I don't even know a letter that word starts with, so you already know that. I wouldn't. It's not because I'm humble. Uh, let's let's start with reality. Uh, doing pretty well. Listen, been fortunate through ten weeks so far. I mean, it, look, you need a lot of luck in there. Perfect example: the San Francisco game. I got unlucky on. They didn't end up winning the game on against a spread of seven. They had the ball with an opportunity to punch it in. And I thought uh, Kyle Shanahan company would have, but. You know, Patrick, to be able to win a contest like this, you need a lot of breaks to go your way and to be fortunate enough. That's why I always say Survivor is so much easier. Theoretically, in Survivor, you could win the whole thing in week one, right? Let's say you're the only person that takes the team on an island. Everybody else's teams get eliminated. You could win the whole contest in one week. This thing, you got to go through 90 picks, and it's not easy to be able to do that over the course of the season. No, I, I agree. I think Survivor's hard. Like this week in Survivor, who would you take in Survivor? Like this is a hard week. Are you I, sure Washington's going to beat be, Houston? No, I, I'm going to tell you, I would take the Giants. I love. I don't think Detroit's a good football team. You know, Fields had a terrible pick um, when he threw the ball to Akuda there, and I thought they mismanaged the clock when they had an opportunity down by one. They missed the PAT, but I think Detroit's defense, Michael, leaves a lot to be desired. They still have some serious deficiencies, and I think the Giants at some point in time have to be given credit for the way they've played. You know, you, you worked under Parcells and Belichick. You know, these guys are kind of like, especially Parcells, you are what your record is. And I think at some point in time, the Giants have to be given credit for what they've been able to accomplish. And Dayball has done an amazing job. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, so so in the contest, are you on the Giant? Would you be on the Giants as a contest pick? I mean, or or are you do you stay away from the three point games in the contest picks? Well, first of all, remember one thing: there's 20 weeks because you've got to use a Thanksgiving week play, and uh, there's another one I forgot in there that you, you got to utilize. Or and you're not using the Rams and uh, Bengals in theory to get the extra million dollars. So you're making 20 out of 30 picks. You got to use two thirds of the teams. To me, at some point in time, you're going to have to use teams that don't look as appealing. Right. But I think this is a pretty good spot for the New York Giants. Maybe you might have taken against uh, taken them against Carolina earlier in the year. Um, Look, it's not the ideal scenario, but in the NFL, you guys know this extremely well, and we talk about this all the time. Michael, you bring this point up. Uh, these most of these teams, five through twenty-nine, or five through twenty-eight, and minus the other eight teams, are generally two plays and two players away from having their records flipped. Yep, no doubt. So let's go. Let's let's talk about the point spread. Let's talk about the the contest yeah. that you're doing so well in. So when you look at this board. What would be the one game that jumps out to you? Is it the Jets at three and a half? Is it the Lion? Is it the Giants at three? I mean, what's the one game when you saw the board? You said, "Boy, that looks like a two temp. That looks like a perfect one." Because to me, the contest is if you only had to pick three games, it's not so bad. Five makes it harder. Five's a lot. Five's a lot. Yeah, it is. And last week was my first down week. I was under five hundred. It was two and three. But you know, three plays could have gone either way. It could have been five and zero, oh, or it could have gone. The other way, Seattle misses a two-point attempt. Bears missed the extra point, which could have forced overtime, and who knows how that plays out. And then, of course, the, the 49ers with a chance to be able to punch it in. The line that really jumped out to me, and now it's come down substantially and it's changed the dynamic how you might approach it, was the Colts getting more than a touchdown on Monday against the Philadelphia Eagles guys. I mean, they were getting eight, eight and a half before this game. Monday night was played between Washington and the Colts. I didn't understand that. Jonathan Taylor back. I thought it seemed like there was some renewed enthusiasm for the Colts after their win against the Raiders. I'm not saying Matt Ryan's the answer, and not that they're necessarily going to be able to slow down Philadelphia, but eight points on the road. We saw this team compete with Kansas City. They're not out of reach in terms of being able to get to the Titans. Now, the win by the Titans last night will create a much more challenging scenario for them, but I still think that you can't discount uh, this team at that number at home. Amal Shaw, shot out of a cannon today. Did you just come from the poker table where you won a lot of money? Mm-hmm. No, why? You know, just, you know, I love the energy. Amal, so Dallas, I always Minnesota. have energy. Listen, man. Hey, sometimes Uh-oh. I work with people that are connected Uh-oh. to a respirator. What do you want me to do? Yeah, no, that's a valid <laughs> point. You care to name names? Mm. I, you know, I normally would. But I'm already on double secret probation, don't, so I'm going to have to. I haven't hired Glory Allred yet, so let's just wait. <laughs> Do not name names. Uh, <laughs> are you befuddled by the Dallas Minnesota number? Would you like to? Because this am. is this seems to be the one that everybody's pointing to with Dallas laying a point and a half. You, you know, I was just talking to Vinny Maiulo before you guys came in, and we were talking about Michigan, and I said I'm worried about the Ohio State-Michigan game. And, Michael, Pat, Patrick knows this about me. The only team I really genuinely, truly care about is the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and I hope Ohio State wins the game. And, Patrick, I don't really care if they win the game or not as much as other Buckeye fans do. It's just these Michigan people, they win one game and they think they've won 300 in a row. They think they're Bama. They forgot the fact that they absolutely got curb-stomped American history X-style by uh, Georgia in that game in the Orange Bowl. But don't, don't worry about it. But back to your original question, uh, <laughs> I'm shocked by this one. Th- this is a perfect example, right? The odds makers have not adjusted. When you look at the Michigan line potentially against Ohio State, I saw about two weeks ago Michigan 
Michigan plus 10. I don't think they're getting enough credit. Michigan's season win total was nine, nine and a half, depending on where you got the number before it started. The Big Ten is weak, um, and it's the same thing with Minnesota. They have not adjusted. Why is this team not getting any respect? You go on the road to Buffalo. You win the game down by 17 points. You have one loss against Philadelphia in a Monday night spot. No shame in that. At what point in time does Minnesota have to win the Super Bowl before people buy in? And listen, with all my criticism of the Vikings, I'm not buying them either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not taking the – You're not. I, I promise you, as you were starting that soliloquy, I knew you were not taking them in the contest. They won't be one of your contest picks. There's no way because you, Minnesota's a lot like the Giants to some people that you're holding this time bomb and you know there's going to be one week where they explode, right? It's going to just happen that they're not going to be able to overcome it. And let's be honest, they lose to Buffalo if they just sneak the ball. So, you know, to me, that's one of those that I, I think, to me, either you play Dallas – I mean, as much as I love Minnesota and I, and I have them power ranked very highly, I, I can't play them. I mean, to me, I think the Jets at three and a half is a more tempting play than anything on the board because the Jets with that hook, if they just don't let Zach Wilson t- kill them, they played much better in the last game. I, I love what you said there about Zach Wilson. You're absolutely right. And I want to go back to a play, probably in my opinion, the most defining play for two teams in this entire season was the personal foul penalty against the Jets, against New England at home, when it was 10-3 on the pick six that was negated, and it changed the dynamic of that football game. New England ends up winning the game. I think the Jets would have won that game up 17-3 just before halftime. And now New England's still viable for the postseason. Jets would have been in great position to potentially be able to take this division. Now you've got a little bit of an uphill battle. This is a game the Jets have to get. I tend to agree with you with the three and a half here, Michael. Uh, Mac Jones, lack of complete confidence. You talk about, you know, he's playing like Justin Fields was playing last year. Yeah, I mean, he's not playing good. There's no denying it. And if we didn't know he played good last year, we would think he's a blown pick this year. That 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 goes without saying. But I do think that. I think the Jets, you know, they the, the Patriots won that game. They got six points without even getting a first down. Now, they were two and a half point favorites in that game. And they covered that, which was surprising to me. So that's one that jumps out to me. Are you on the Washington? Are you taking Washington and laying the that's three what down I was in Houston? Ask him. I was going to ask. Uh, him no that. way. Three. I would never lay that number on the road. Look, there's a look, one thing, guys, that I think people have to realize. Perfect example with the Bears Lions last week. And I made the mistake of taking it. It was just a play against the Lions. But you can, there's certain teams you don't want to lay points with. Washington is a perfect example of them. There is a big difference from a betting standpoint when you see teams. And it's not logical for in terms of how the play is on the field. But Washington laying points on the road, since when should this, be team, this team be laying points against anybody? And with Heineke, the one thing is he'll play great on three or four passes. Then that one out of four passes, you're sitting there, you got to hold yep. your breath because you're not sure what you're getting out of this guy. Oh, he's going to throw a 50-50 YOLO ball in every single oh, game yeah. or a couple got, of them, and it's going to get I'm with picked. you on this. I, I don't well, trust him. It. I'm with you. Michael, That fifty, the ball that he threw, they won in Indianapolis. And, Maul, you know this. Terry McLaurin ripped the ball away from – I mean, oh, like, that, was, was, I mean that was an interception. That was I a mean, loss. everybody acts. everybody acts like Indy's this horrible team. I mean, they lose that <laughs> game on the last play of the game. You know, they beat Kansas City at home. I mean, this is yeah. not a bad team. I mean, Ryan was hurt. He threw the ball better last week in Las Vegas than he threw it all year. He threw it much better. I mean, they're not horrible. They're better. They're not great. I'm not saying they are. But, I mean, they beat Kansas City at home. They should have beaten Washington at home, you know, and, and they've just let some games slip away. So I think there's – one thing I've learned about the betting market is the perceptions just change so dramatically with no real reason. 
Well, people can't remember what they ate for breakfast. You expect them to remember two games ago, let alone one back? It's just yeah, recency bias. <laughs> Gloria Allred, only Amal Shaw. Amal Shaw coming up next here. <laughs> Big bets with Dave Ross. Thanks, Amal. <laughs> Thank you, Amal. Thank Appreciate you. it. Okay, I gave a stunner on the quarterback list and Lombardi look at it at three. I'll give you another one at 30 next here, Lombardi line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay. Got to tell you about the rewards, BetMGM rewards. You can earn them reward points. Every time you place a bet at BetMGM or on the app and it comes to you in bonus credits. So you can use them for free bets. You can use those credits for dining, airfare, travel. It's great. It's betting's premier loyalty program. Including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks, go to betmgm.com or download the app right now. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. 21 years or older if you have a gambling problem. Okay, we got you back here at Lombardi Line. Thank you again, Amal Shaw, for joining. We, we Here's one thing I want to throw at you, and this is just mm-hmm. random, but we were just talking about it. The Commanders and the Texans, because we I, I think casual bettors would be a little bit misled by this number. The Commanders played... What for them was an A plus game. Still could have lost the yeah. game in Philly on Monday night. They're going to Houston. You know, Houston's given up 181 on the ground. That's more than 20. That's uh, uh, more than 20 yards. Then I think it's the Lions. I mean, they cannot yeah. stop the run. That was the Commanders' point of emphasis against the Eagles. You would think that's the same game plan, uh, but it's a three. So again, it's a little misleading with this number. I think there's a lot you can't. I mean, look, I get that Heineke played well. And I get they had a great win, but let's really break the win down. Like they, they, they were. That's twenty. What was it? Twenty four. You know, they were right there, twenty three, twenty one, or something like that. And then they get the Brandon Graham penalty that's called. You know, and and the, and, the, and the Eagles don't get the ball back, and they make it twenty six to twenty one. And and really, you know, the Eagles turned the ball over. They had the fumbles, which killed them. You know, and 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 the Eagles played a, uh, their worst game of the year, and even in they're they're sitting there with a chance to win the game. You know, and they turned yes. the ball over in the fourth quarter. You know, they had they had they had twenty five plays in the fourth quarter, Philadelphia. They had they had nine first downs, but they had three fumbles, and that killed them. And so, yeah, give Washington all the credit in the world. Yeah, they play well. Whereas when we go to Houston, Houston's playing the Giants toe for toe. They don't punt in the second half. But in the fourth quarter, they run 29 plays. They get 13 first downs. They turn the ball over twice and only get six points. If they convert any of those into point into touchdowns, I mean, Mills throws the bad interception. You know, so it's like this is a hard like they they're not a they're not an easy out. They're an out, but they're not an easy out. And if Heineke turns it over, I mean, look. I've seen Vrabel lose to the Texans because he turned the ball over down there. I mean, this happens. The Eagles struggled to beat them. It was a harder game. Now, the Eagles never didn't have control of the game, but it was still hard to play. What's fascinating about Houston is when you dig into their numbers, nobody wants to run the ball more than Houston, but they're bottom third as far as running the ball and success rate. In Washington, Michael, one of the slept on aspects of this team, or maybe just the NFL in general, is how good the defense is playing. Now, Chase Young isn't going to be back for this for this game, but that defensive front has been awesome. And, you know, I don't know if the offense is a playoff offense, but I know that Washington's defense is a playoff defense. 
It, it is if you're not good up front, and Houston's not good up front. So they'll take advantage of Houston, and that's where the matchup is. But I think there's too much time is spent on a perception. Like, for example, Pittsburgh wins last week. Okay, when you study the tape of the Pittsburgh win, they average 4.8 yards per play. 4.8 yards per play. That's not very good, you know, and they had, you know, they were able to have, they had 32 plays in the fourth quarter in that game. They got 12 first downs. A lot of that came in the fourth quarter, their offense. You know, they missed two field goals, which made, would have made the game, but they weren't like an elite team. Now the line opened up and all of a sudden everybody's betting Pittsburgh. Last year, Pittsburgh only scored 20 points in both games against Cincinnati. All right? They scored 10 and 10. Pittsburgh won the game on a last-second field goal by Boswell after, they get, after the Bengals turned the ball over five times. I think the Bengals are a better team now than they were in week one, but that line's only four. Does, does that number, that Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati lane four, uh, that's one of the ones I had circled to ask you about. I don't know if you have your numbers in front of you. I do. But maybe we yeah. can give them a sneak peek. What is the Lombardi line on Cincinnati? I had that they're, as they're a six-point game. I had yeah, that as a six-point game. Short. I agree. And and, and 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 to me, it's not on my game codes. It's not close. I mean, Cincinnati's a much better team in Pittsburgh. Now I get Tomlin, and I get this, but they went in there last year, won twenty-four to ten. Pittsburgh gained one hundred and eighty some yards the first time they played them. Now that was Trubisky a quarterback, but I think Lou Amaromo is a really good defense coordinator. I think he'll give. Kenny Pickett some trouble. I think he's given Matt Canada and the offense some trouble. So, I, I mean, I, I, look, do I think it's going to be an easy game? Of course not. But I just think, to me, this line is a little bit shorter than it should be, but there's steam on, Minnesota, on Pittsburgh. Yes, there is. You know, You're, there's steam yep. all over. on Everybody loves Pittsburgh this week. Everybody loves them. I'm looking at a three and a half at one shop out in Jersey. So, mostly fours with Cincinnati Lane at, at Pittsburgh. But again... Michael, you mentioned that number looks like it's headed to three and a half. He wanted to ask you about number 30 on your quarterback rankings, and you might be generous. I mean, it was Russell Wilson. He's been bad. I know the offense yeah. is bad. Denver's laying two and a half, hosting Vegas, two teams that are struggling right now. You've heard the reports coming out that he's using audibles yeah. from Seattle. It's just it, the vibes around Russell Wilson are always odd. Always. They're odd. But look, you know, this is a hard game. I made this a, a John Oates play in my column this week because this is good against good, bad against bad. And bad offense versus bad defense, usually bad offense wins. So Wilson scored 30, they scored 23 points. The most they've scored all season was against the Raiders in, in Las Vegas. You know, and, and that was his best game, actually. They've only scored, of the nine games they've played, they've scored less than 16 or less in, in in seven of them, and nineteen or less than seven of them. I mean, they don't score. They can't no. score, and and so. But now they're going against a bad defense, and I think they'll play. He'll play better this week. But it doesn't take away from he's not as fast as he once was. He's not as accurate. No one fears him like they did in Seattle. This has not been like a misdemeanor or or the last couple weeks. This has been a pattern that has gone back. And what we've seen since he's left Seattle is. It wasn't the coach's fault in Seattle. Maybe it was the players' fault. The Denver Broncos are the worst scoring team in football. They're a full point at 14-6 behind the Steelers at 15-6. I mean, again, if you had to put numbers, if you had to put odds up on Hackett returning for year two, 
no would be the favorite. I mean, I just think it's one of those things where you almost have to do it for him. He's over He's over his head. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think that that's George Payton's going to have to decide, is this fixable? And we know it's not moving, right? We know that they're not moving they're not moving the quarterback. They can't move the quarterback. So George has got to say to himself, I got to save my $250 million investment. I'll get rid of this $15 million investment to save two fifty. It's the same conversation that they're gonna to have to have in Green Bay. Are you gonna bring I mean, I know LaFleur's won 13 games. He's like, you know, like, how are we gonna fix this? What's the answer to fixing this in Green Bay? Because we're not getting rid of Rodgers. Do you think there's a chance the Bills and Browns don't play on Sunday? I mean, if they can't get out, I think... That's what exactly right. We're starting to see some dubiousness as far as getting out of Buffalo. I mean, I I I didn't understand how the heck they didn't get out when the getting was like I thought they were going to leave once they announced they're out. I thought they would have loaded up the buses or whatever they had to do and move the team to where they could at least get somewhere where they you know out of the mess, you know, and and be able to have a practice and a walkthrough or just do something. I mean, again, I think this is for me. I mean, Cleveland's got an indoor facility. Cleveland has it, as as Bond said earlier. This lake effect is weird because it only affects certain regions near the lake. It hasn't affect Cleveland at all. So Cleveland's had their routines stay the same. Just as a note, John Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson didn't practice today due to illness. He does expect him to play on Sunday. But important, another look. It's that t- it's cold and flu season. It's Friday. You got a game coming up on Sunday. You didn't practice today. That's big. It's always hard, you know, and this is the concerning thing, and this is why you have to be very careful because even though they say, like, Milano practiced, even though there was a Zoom practice, how's he really feeling? You know, how's he feeling? Exactly. Exactly. And it's hard. That's a hard thing. And when that bug – I've been on teams where we've had to take two planes to the game, one with the sick players, one with the healthy ones. It's hard to watch TV as a common person when you have the flu, let alone play a football game. I, by the way, it's hard to get your rest. It's hard to get your rest. Yeah, it's hard to get your rest. That's the bigger issue, right? You can't get you can't get comfortable. You can't feel like okay, I feel much better. And certainly, you don't want to go banging on people and play in really cold weather. That's the other factor. Lamar's going to have to play. It's going to be forty degrees and windy, and he's done feel good. You know, and, it's the Joe Montana. I got to go get soup. You know, the great story about Joe Montana in the Cotton Bowl where he got, you know, he had hypothermia. He was sick and he had to go drink chicken soup and come back and, and, and won the game and led him to a victory. I didn't know that. So Baltimore is laying 13 with Baker and Carolina in town. And Lamar Jackson misses practice today due to illness, is expected to play on Sunday. That's the update. Uh, Big Bets will have more on Cleveland and Buffalo coming up next. Michael, we'll be here bright and early bright tomorrow early, morning. Patrick. We'll College football okay. tomorrow, baby. We get Jimbo. Who's he playing? We got to get Jimbo going tomorrow. We'll get <laughs> Party him. Party line tomorrow morning.